Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light and live from the WHIO studios. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light. Here's to the beer you can always count on. And by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. Call in with your comments or questions, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now, here are your hosts, John Bedell and John Tistel. Hey, Flyer fans, welcome to Flyer Feedback. I'm John Bedell. He's John Tisdale. You're you. We're here with you for Flyer Feedback 72-67, Dayton a five-point loser to the Tulsa Golden Hurricane at the Mohegan Sun Arena out in Connecticut. And uh, all three meetings between these two programs have only ever come on neutral sites, and all three have been a Dayton Flyers loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we talked about in the Bud Light postgame show, Tiz, is as I walked into, if you're just joining us, as I walked into this studio from the TV side of the building, I yes. watched the game over in the newsroom, mm-hmm. came over here after the game had ended, I walked yeah. in, I hear Larry wrapping up, and you look at me, Tiz, and you said, boy, I hope this isn't becoming a trend. And I looked at you and said, it is, it a, is trend. a trend. We are mm-hmm. we are in the trend now because this is yeah. another this is another blown opportunity for this team that in this offseason, and this is what I want to know from you. I'm gonna set up this point. I want to know from you, Flyer fans, at J Bedell, at John Tisdale, use hashtag Flyer Feedback or call us up at 457-1290. Let me let me know what you think about this question. I'll post to you. That I'm gonna to get to it. Another blown opportunity for this Dayton team. Uh and all of the opportunities in the non-con have come against traditional power five structure teams. I don't use power five because Tulsa is not in a Power 5 conference in the American, no. but that's still traditional power structure. Save for the Butler win, you've blown opportunities against Virginia, Oklahoma, Mississippi State in particular, Auburn, and now Tulsa. Now, this team still does not have a bad loss, and that's not me whitewashing or sugarcoating this. That's not me running block for the program. We don't do that here. Mm-mm. Never once in my decade has anybody from the university said, hey, watch it, bud, or said anything about my coverage. Right. But it's a fact that this team does not have a bad loss. Right. The flip side of that is that it also, aside from the Butler game, has blown every opportunity that's come its way. So for me, at this point, as I think about it, it is more frustrating than encouraging. Because they were starting to gain momentum after Atlantis, after the Butler win and the loss to Oklahoma and Virginia. And Tiz, we really thought uh, between, between Atlantis and the Mississippi State game starting, if they can split Mississippi State and Auburn, this team, very suddenly, out of left field, is building an at-large resume for both of those games. And I thought, okay, well, if they can get Tulsa, they can maybe salvage something. Well, here again, another, well, they kept it close. Okay, well, as I said in the postgame show, what's that they say about playing horseshoes and hand grenades, Tiz? We aren't playing either, no. and close doesn't cut it. So for me, at this point, it's more frustrating than encouraging. But on the flip side, and I'll, this is the question I'll pose to you, Flyers fans, is this team... Anywhere different at this point of the season than they than we thought they'd be? It's a good question. At this point of this season, in year two of the rebuild, that's the question I'll pose to you. Because the more I think about it, that's that's what keeps coming to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, but what did, what was expected of this team? That if 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 Dayton had beaten Mississippi State, I think I know I'm feeling differently about this game. You're frustrated that you lost, yes. But to me, and we talked about this as Coach Grant was wrapping up his postgame comments with Larry Hanskin, if Dayton splits Mississippi State and Auburn, they were not going to beat Auburn, no matter what, even though UAB gave Auburn a pretty good game uh, last night. 
no matter what, if Dayton had hung on against Mississippi State, we're not talking about this. We're going to be no. we're frustrated no. that we lost yes, today. Agreed. Yes. But you know what? We're not talking about this. We're like, we got that. That's kind of the resume builder to go with Mississippi, to go with the Butler game and the good showing in uh, the Bahamas. But having said that, what was expected of this team? That's still a pretty young team, with the exception, the only senior with the, on this team is Josh Cunningham. And you got to remember, Jordan Davis, Jalen Crutcher got a lot of experience as freshmen because they had to. Because I'm not going to talk about last year, but they had to play a lot of minutes. Right. And Jordan Davis um, struggling a little bit this year. Jalen Crutcher, yeah, he got in double figures, but he, you know, I thought he was he was quiet tonight. But to me, and I understand that. I understand the frustrations of Flyer fans. We're all frustrated. But what again? What was expected? If this was six and four. I don't think we're. I don't think I'm as frustrated as they were. But no. Uh, well, and here's the other thing. I also understand the argument from people, my, some of my buddies included, that I've had private conversations with. It's okay to raise the bar of expectations, sure. which I I totally get. Me too. Because tis we are totally. Th- this is and <laughs> coming into this season, my take, my position on the NIT is well established on this show. We got the receipts as the kids yes, say. Go yes, pull the yes. tapes. But this was a rare year for me. And this goes straight to the top with Neil Sullivan. He said publicly, and he said in conversations mm-hmm. with me as recently as a few weeks ago, the NIT is not the bar. It's not the goal. It's not the expectation here at no. Dayton. However, as Stephen A. Smith would say, this for me is a rare, a rare year in my book, because, again, my take on the NIT well-established, where the NIT, a qualification into the NIT, tis, would be a measure it would mark progress, and it would be a measure of improvement. But going back to the raising expectations, I, so I thought this was probably an NIT team this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But going back to the raising expectations argument, side of the argument, in yeah. terms of are they are they who we thought they were, or mm-hmm. are we really surprised by this point, at this point of this season, is that that's what makes these blown opportunities all the more frustrating, Tiz, because they are this close that's what's frustrating. to having elevated the bar. And like we said, between Atlantis – and Mississippi State, I said, you said on these airwaves, many other people said, Flyers fans were talking amongst each other, holy, you know what? If they beat the Bulldogs, they're all of a sudden out of left field building that large resume. Mm-hmm. And that's why this is frustrating, because they were this close with the momentum they had after yeah. Atlantis, building momentum that very suddenly, Tiz, was raising expectations. We're all thinking, oh, wait a minute. NCAA this could large? Be that large resume they're building. Yeah. But, again... Blown Gone. losses with Virginia. I, I'm not going to kill them for the Virginia. No, loss. I agree. That's a top five team. They're very good. But I agree. Oklahoma, they had chances. They got just their doors blown off into closing minutes. They couldn't close. But that's the trend we've seen. They cannot close these games. No. Oklahoma, Mississippi State, Tiz, they had the Bulldogs by the you know what's is up seven at home at UD Arena. They yep. got their doors blowed off. To close that one. Yep. That ridiculous run that the Bulldogs went on to close that to get and the Hill State win. To be fair, Mississippi State did that to Cincinnati at Mississippi State last right. night. Right. So uh, let's get the Bulldogs. They had them on the ropes and they wobbly, did. You're as right. one of my Absolutely. buddies said yesterday. They, they were on the run. And they they, were, that's a blown chance. Absolutely. Auburn can't kill them for that one. It's no. on the road against a top 10 team in their environment. Still had chances, couldn't close. And then today against Tulsa, um, another blown opportunity. And, and as it we was. said, we hope it's not a trend, but I mean, at this point, tis yeah, it's a trend. it's a trend. Ten games in, I mean, that's five, five, five blown opportunities and six tries. Yeah. That's a trend. We yeah. are we're in the middle of it. We are who we thought we are, and that's unfortunately where we are. Especially 
when it's a golden chance in this Atlantic 10. Which, by the way, again, to reiterate, if you're not paying attention, is hot garbage. Because St. Louis lost again today, and they are Mm -hmm. the only only team right now that has a shot at still building an at-large resume. They got one more shot. You talk about blowing opportunities. They had one at Houston today. They did today. That was a golden chance. That's a talented squad Travis Ford's got. But they got one more shot before a 10 play starts, and that's a neutral site game with Florida State. Other than that, Tiz, if the Billikens don't win that game, if somebody – this is – I'll just if St. Louis doesn't win that game against Florida State, it's one. Bit. This is going to uh, uh, save for St. Louis blowing everybody's doors off and running the like table Rody and going fourteen and two like Rody and just putting everybody in the rearview mirror real quick. Yeah, St. Louis is the only hope for making this this a multiple bid league because right now it's whoever wins the the auto bid. Yeah, that's the way it is. The way I look at it right now, how bad was it for the A ten VCU lost to Charleston, Davidson lost to Temple. Davidson, oh, that that was a heartbreak. Let's also not forget VCU losing to Old Dominion. Yeah, a rivalry game, but still. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean this this has been a rough it, this has been a rough one or two months. It has been for the A10. They've been it, dropping by games left and right. Tis and like I said, at this point, St. Louis is like the, the, the only, last hope. For the only three ones right now that have been pretty good for the A10, at least on my record. Rhode Island beating West Virginia today, which was a foul fest. <laughs> yeah. And then you had UMass beating Providence uh, a week and a half ago, and then Dayton's won over Butler. Aside from that. I can't really think of any good ones for the A-10. I mean, the A-10, I think, at some point, points in the Kempom was below the MAC in some other conferences. They were this pretty is, recently. Yeah, yeah I bad. mean, that's it. This is not good. This this is a chance. Thirteen and five and twelve and six may be the number one seed in the A-10 this year. That that's how bad it is. I mean, it's just. And has LaSalle won a game yet? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, we're we're not making we light got of this. Teams in this conference. I mean, we're not making light of this. It's but almost I mean, Christmas, and we got winless teams in this but league. But this is a golden chance and you're hearing our frustration flyer fans and you're you're just as frustrated we want to hear from you four five seven twelve nine you can tweet us tweet me at john tisdale tweet me at jay bedell at whio we want to hear from you we're, we're just as frustrated john's and troy john i know you were feeling good last night about the uh can you guys pick him over there javon I, something's going on over here can you guys pick up john and troy john i know you were high last night after that browns win but uh you're probably like me frustrated after this dayton loss what do you think yeah, go ahead, pull them up over there, guys. Pull them up on that side, guys. John and Troy. John and Troy, we got you. The height, you're at the height of uh, glory, go. and then you're in the pits of the depth of the pit. So. <laughs> John, you well, heard my question. What do you make of it? Where are you, where are you at? Is this team any different? I'm in, I'm in, I'm in total agreement. I think um, what hurts the team, I mean, if you really look in retrospect, I mean, I gave them 20 wins this year, and you know, that's about the pace they're probably on right now. Um, I believe this team has talent, but I think there's two things that really hurts them, and that is the lack of depth. I mean, you can't be playing seven or eight guys in today's – the way the basketball game's played today. You, you've got to be in the 10-11 range because I think what happens is at the end of the game, they – they lose their legs. They, they, they can't make the shot. I mean, there's, you know, Mike Sills missed two, three pointers uh, this game and Mississippi state that would have made the difference. And I don't think you can get after them as, as well as you could defensively. And I just think that's one of the things we've got to live with this year. Uh, even with Jerry Matos, we still yeah. didn't have enough guys. Well, that's the thing, John. Yeah. I mean, even with Matos and you know, this, cause you obviously I can hear, 
knowing you from calling into the show, but obviously just hearing your tone. Now, you know what's coming next year. This is just yeah. one more yeah. year where even with Matos healthy and even you throw in a healthy Matos and choosing, let's say they would not have redshirted Policelli, you got one more year where they just got to eat it, John, in terms of yeah. the depth, because yeah. the Cavalry gets here next year with Sissoko as a 2019 recruit yeah. and the three guys sitting on the bench in Shimanga. Uh, and Chapman and E.B. Watson, you got four guys, three transfers on the bench, and one freshman coming in next year where you got real depth next year, but this is just that one more year where they're just going to have to suffer through this depth issue that they got. Because you talk about legs. I mean, I look at three of Jordan Davis's missed shots to me, John. He had one air ball that kind of nicked the bottom of the net. He had one that kind of hit the flange there on the side, and another one that he missed horribly, and I just look at that and think, he just doesn't have his legs underneath him today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, it, it, it would be great to – I've not seen this kid play, but the kid from uh, Sinclair is supposed to be a shooter. Yeah. he. And, I was talking to Mike Hartsock about him last weekend, and Mike said he went and watched – he's seen him play a couple times at Sinclair, uh, and it kind of figured an offer might have been coming a couple weeks ago, and it, sure enough it did just a couple mm-hmm. days ago. But It did. Hartsock told me, John, watching him shoot, I mean, he when he puts it up to shoot, when he sets – and gets ready to let it fly. I mean, his his stroke is perfect every single need. time. It's perfect. So I mean, the kid can shoot, and he can. If you look at the box score from Sinclair, I mean, he's yeah. playing against you know JUCO competition, but still, I mean, kid can fill it up. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I would, I would it, it, that uh, he to me, it'd be great if we could get like a Micah Mason type of player that played for uh, Duquesne a few years back. I mean, we need yeah. somebody that's a pure shooter and. Uh, and Sean McNeil, for for listeners, is who you're talking about, John. He's right. a 6'4". Yeah. Yep. Uh, freshman guard right now at Sinclair, and he's uh, now officially got an offer from Grant and Company. Yep. Yes. I just hope we can get him. I mean, be we, nice. that's what we need. I mean, we you know, if we we could get somebody like him, I, I do think the future looks bright. I mean, I just hope uh, – Coach Grant can get the team to not fold up the tent and just hang in there because I I mean the A ten's weak I mean if we go eight and five and then if you can win twelve games in the league twelve and six you're, you're in the hunt I mean I I don't think this team is capable of winning uh, the A ten tournament uh, due to the depth factor but, yeah when it, having to win yeah, three games is that's going to be hard that's going to be yeah, tough for this that's team that's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah, well, now, too, hard. the other the other flip side of the coin is, you know, it's a week 8-10 with the exception of, I mean, I, I still have trouble thinking the top of the league is going to be too terribly god-awful when you look at ECU, Dayton, St. Louis, St. Joe's, Davidson. Davidson, probably those five. But the flip side of that is, in in the, the one side of the coin is it's an opportunity for the Flyers and those other four teams I yeah, mentioned. exactly right. The and flip side of it is the, the landmines the are bottom even more, is oh, just my God, awful. the bottom is as worse John, as it's, it's ever awful. been. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just don't think, like I said, I, I don't think we're going to be battling for the NCAA this year. I think that went by the wayside here. The at-large um, option yeah. certainly is. Yeah, I think yeah. it's out of I, don't, I don't know how they get an at-large berth back. Yeah, they, they kind of, if they'd won this, they still could have possibly done it. You know, running the table pretty good in the A-10, you know, win you 14 games, you might have. But uh, yeah, I really think but, they would have had to beat Mississippi State. Right. They would have had to yeah. beat split Mississippi State and Auburn, which they didn't do. And I think they would have also had to win today yep. to keep I the large open. Yep. But they've done neither of those things. So here we are at five and five. Yep. 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 It is what it is. Now you got to get ready for Presbyterian, uh, Western Michigan, Presbyterian, and Georgia Southern. And then 
on the conference. Well, John, I got music in my ears, so we got a break, but I thank you as always uh, for the call here on Flyer Feedback. So uh, we're here after Dayton Loss. It's Dayton Flyers Therapy Sunday evening. John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback, the home stretch of it, when we come back from this break and after we pay some bills right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And watching all of this from the sky, let's go back to Mark Bowen and the WHIO Air Scouts. Thanks, Charlie. Not much change since we talked to you last, uh, just a few minutes ago. The uh, fire appears to be burning a little more uh, severe now. Those call letters are something else. Those are those are heritage call letters. When people think of, of radio, they think of WHIO. When I was in school growing up in this community, I mean, everybody listened to WHIO and everybody watched WHIO TV. This has been WHIO as long as I've known it, and I think that because of that, along with the commitment the radio station has made to news, I still teach. And I and I point to the fact that uh, a lot of stations, most stations, news went out the door years ago. This is a station that takes news seriously. 1290 Helping you get to work and get home for over three decades. He gives traffic reports that are helpful. He's been my favorite for many years. Great traffic reports and a person of trust and authority. Dayton's most trusted traffic authority is Sergeant Mark Bowron. Hear him update traffic every six minutes during Miami Valley's morning news. Where you can also get weather every six minutes from Dayton's most trusted meteorologist with in-depth weather information all morning. I trust her weather reports. She always has weather reports that help me plan my day. I love how energetic she is. Knowledgeable. Excellent weather reporter. She's very informative. Count on Storm Center 7 meteorologist Kirsty Zontini with a forecast you can depend on. Right here on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hear ye, hear ye. I bringeth thee a message from... <clears throat> a message from the king and his new trumpeteer, Stephen. The king wishes me to convey his favor to thine team and thine tailgate. Not yet. He invites thee to let the bot light flow forth. And he also wishes me to tell thee that he toasts thee. Waiteth until the end, Stephen! With Game Day's favorite light logger and the slogan of his kingdom. Oh, dilly dilly! Enjoy responsibly by Light Beer, AB, St. Louis, Missouri. Premier Health is proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics as the official sports medicine provider for 42 area schools. We treat more student-athletes than anyone else in the region. From injury prevention, treatment, and sports performance, our team of board-certified sports medicine and orthopedic physicians, athletic trainers, and rehabilitation specialists offer a comprehensive program focused on the goals of each athlete. To learn more or to find a Premier Health sports medicine specialist, visit premierhealth.com sportsmed. Premier Health taking care to a higher level. Clouds will continue to break up across the Miami Valley and we will be in store for some gradual clearing. Temperatures are going to be falling from the 40s and reaching upper 30s for tonight. I'm meteorologist Molly Coates on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, Flyer fans, welcome back to 
Flyers Therapy Sunday night. Here hey! On AM 1290, News 95.7 WHIO. We're going to get through this one together. The yes. frustration is mounting, but we're here for you, Flyers yes. fans. We're your sounding board. That's right. Uh, those of you, by the way, expecting to hear the Sunday Edge with uh, Todd Holtz, he will be back next Sunday. So just a reminder about that. Um, before we do, uh, I think probably this says it all. A uh, tweet from our good friend David Jablonski. By the way, for Flyer coverage, there, there's four people you should follow. Number one, John Bedell, myself on Twitter. Yes. Uh, Larry Hanskin, of course, and David Jablonski. D- David is on, Jabba's on top of things. Two-thirds uh, of the earth is covered by water. The rest is covered by Jabba. Yeah, and he's and he's got to drive two hours to LaGuardia. Oh, mm-hmm. by the way. Sorry about Jabba. Yeah, sorry, Jabba. Yes, really. Jabba. That, that's not fun. No. Here is, here's his tweet that says it all. Familiar script for Dayton, which starts slow and fades late and falls short yet again against a challenging opponent. Yep. And you know what? That's the frustration with that we're feeling, that uh, Flyer fans are feeling. And, uh, you know, you can tweet me at John Tisdale, tweet me at jbedell, jbedell, whio, or call us. 457-1290, taking you all the way to 630. Then we got Heroes Talk Radio, and then we got uh, Half Hour Clark Howard before we get to the rest of our evening programming. So that's coming up tonight here on WHIO. So I posed a question on the Twitter machine, at WHIO talking about the frustration of this. Because, look, uh, we've talked about the blown opportunities, with the exception of, and as I tweeted, retweeted Jabo's story, stop us if you've heard this story five out of six times so far this season. With the mm-hmm. exception of Butler, they have blown opportunities against the Virginia Cavaliers, although I won't kill them for that one. Uh, Oklahoma, Mississippi State in particular, Auburn, and now Tulsa. So five out of six times they have fallen short when they have uh, had opportunities to, as we mentioned, uh, kind of raise expectations and out of left field this year to build an at-large yep. resume for a team that I thought, as I said on the record uh, on the show and before the season on the Twitter machine, that this was an NIT team before the season. Um, but still not a bad loss because no. even tonight, Tulsa, Ken Palm, 125, not too hateful. Uh, their net rating is 110. Um not also too terrible, but I'm not really sure what's included in the net. I don't really think the NCAA is in, uh, really yeah, sure what's included in the NAT ratings just yet. But still not a bad loss on the resume. But on the flip side, it is it is more frustrating to me, as I said earlier. It is more frustrating than encouraging yeah. because these are all, as I look at them, tremendous blown opportunities. So I posed that question, talking about that notion, and said, but play devil's advocate. I'm just posing the question to you, Flyer fans. Is this team, when you really get down to it, Anywhere different than what we thought, than where we thought they'd be at this point of this season. Jim on Twitter says, "This team finds ways to lose tough games rather than finding ways to win. Hope they can reverse that." I think that's a common theme. Agreed. Dave on Twitter says, "Only word I can think of, John and John, is lackluster. Someone is going to have to step up and lead." Shaking my head. Emil on Twitter asks, and this is something that John from Troy posts: "Do you think this team has a realistic chance of winning at least three games in three days to win the A10 tournament?" Question mark. Nothing I've seen makes me think they do. I'm in the boat with Emil. Three, three winning, winning three games in as many days yeah. to take, provided they get a first round bye in a top mm-hmm. four seed. Yeah, can they do that? Tis I say at this, at this point, it's no. going to be tough, and especially without Jerry Matos. And don't underestimate how tough that loss is. Look, Brooks Hall even said that. Bumped into him when I was at the uh, UD women's game last night. He said that that loss is huge. Not having Matos out there because that's an extra body. And Policelli is still getting his feet wet because the game is just too yeah. fast for him right now. You just cannot underestimate how huge of a loss that is. And you're you're seeing why they chose to redshirt him. Nothing right. against Frankie. It's nothing against you're him. You're seeing why they chose it's to redshirt him. It was right sort of now. a break. And we we said that as they redshirted him. Yeah. This is not permanent. It, you know, because we we've said on this show many times, 
the injury situation with the depth of this team. One injury away. It's Puckerville for this fan base. Yeah. And it happened when you lost mm-hmm. Mato. So yeah. Policelli was kind of the break the glass in case of emergency. Oh, you know what? We got to have him eligible because we don't mm-hmm. have any bodies. Yeah. And again, it's nothing against Frankie, but no, you're seeing why this coaching staff chose to Run redshirt him in the off. first place because he's a raw. He is. He's a young, what is he, 18? Yeah. He's a kid. He's a young kid. I mean, he's learning. And now he's got to learn on the fly. And that's something that's very difficult for a college kid, especially when you're, when you got to come in and you got Toppin and Cunningham on the bench with three fouls. Yeah. And so. again, this Tulsa team, it's it's a good golden team. It's a good team Tulsa team. team. They're, We're they're, not trying to, they talk look them to down. me, if you talk about the eye test that Jalen Crutcher doesn't pass. You love that one. Uh, That's an all-time hot take there. Uh, The eye test. I mean, they got some good wins. They've they've beaten Nevada. That's Mm -hmm. the number six team in the country. Seven Ken Palm. Southern Illinois. The Salukis are 119 Ken Palm. And they lost at Utah, which is Ken Palm 52. And they beat Kansas State. Um, And they beat Kansas State, the number 16 team in the country at the time. They are currently 23 Ken Palm. And they also got the Oklahoma State Sooners. That's a top 65 Ken Palm team. They're at 65 on the nose. Now, six of their wins have come against... Not I'm sorry, they, they lost, yeah. Uh, now, if you want to really break it down, it, their record can be a little bit deceiving. That six of their wins have come against sub 200 Ken Palm exactly. teams, but exactly. you can't kill them for the losses at Nevada or against Nevada, Southern Illinois, and at Utah. And you got to give them credit for that K State and that Oklahoma State win. Um, but again, this is another good team, Tiz, that at times Dayton had wobbling on the ropes and they could not. Again, right. close the deal. So for me and you, and I think a lot of Flyer fans, the frustration is mounting uh, watching this team. It is. Because we've seen them, by virtue of getting close, raise the expectations, mm-hmm. but then also blow these chances at resume-building wins. And very suddenly, they're not now, but they very well could have an at-large resume by this time. Very, very by, close. By right now. There's two. Here before Christmas. Dayton had two, has lost two possible games that you would love to have back. Could easily be 7-3. and three going into the final uh, three games of non-conference season. Look, you're not getting this back. You're, you're, you're now focused on Western Michigan and Presbyterian. On paper, should be wins. I know very little about those two. Dayton's got to be ready to go. they got to get ready to go. They got to. They got, it's a tough week, three games in three days. With this depth, that is going to be a challenge. Then you got the week off for Christmas, and then you got a good Georgia Southern team, and then yeah. A-10 play uh, comes um, before you know it right after New Year's. So this Dayton team's got a lot of basketball to play. Uh, this thing's not over yet. There's a lot of basketball left to play. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the Atlantic 10. Um, there's a lot of opportunity. And again, it's the, the thing that we're so frustrated. There's so much opportunity. Yeah. But missed opportunity. But you know what? That's the now you, season so far. It is. Now you're on in Western Michigan. Yep. Well, that'll do it for us. One more time. Dayton Losers 72 67. They fall to an even 5 and 5 on the year. Our next game is Wednesday night. Our coverage starts the expanded Bud Light pregame show live from Flanagan's at 6. Larry and Bucky have the call at 7. We will see you on the radio Wednesday night, Flyer fans. Until then, I'm John Bedell. I'm John Tisdell. Saying thanks for listening, everybody. And go, go Flyers. Flyers.